Hello, <laughs> good morning. My name is Eduardo Del Signore, and I have beat the orphan path <laughs> uh, just by trusting my heart, believing in what I feel more than what I think. And um, as I was, as we were like just commenting about this. Uh, you remind me about a book that I read many, many years ago called uh, Juan Salvador Gaviota in Spanish, uh, which is translated to uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, in which the book is about this particular seagull that goes out of the flock and, and, and becomes interested in being itself, right? In this case, himself, because he was Juan, I guess. <laughs> but uh, so it, it goes into a journey of discovery of who he is and, and you know, and, and what could be his own purpose in life, you know. And so that was inspired, very inspiring to me. I think I was back in, I was born in Uruguay, in Montevideo. Uh, it's pronounced Uruguay, which means the river of the colorful birds. Um, and uh, it's a pretty peculiar place. Not many people have been there, but it still uh, um, preserves a lot of uh, uniqueness to it and to its people and its geography. Um, so uh, that kind of like triggered something on me in order to like just find out because you know you know you go around life and it's like there is a piece of the puzzle that is missing. And so I was determined to like find that piece of the puzzle, and finally I did um, about uh, 42 years ago. And and basically I, I just came across a wonderful man called Prem Rawat, and he just showed me a way to go inside and look at that piece of the puzzle that was in me. And so from that moment on, my my heart became my master and. Uh, I've been following it, you know, a little bit. Sometimes it's like like the uh, the hound dog that is with you know sniffing his pathway. <laughs> so, yeah, many times it's like in life that you are in situations that is so uh, foggy uh, that you don't even see if there is a floor or a step in front of you. But I have, I have being able to trust my heart enough to like go for it you know and then all of a sudden the floor is there no problem i didn't fall off the map or anything <laughs> so it's it's an exercise on on learning about yourself and then you know discovering the, the deepest courage that one could have and basically you know walk in life like that and keep learning keep learning it's a lifelong process and really I consider myself very fortunate and privileged in a way that, that I was able to find that in my life and I'm walking off the beaten path. <laughs> Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. On this show, we celebrate unique and inspiring success stories to remind us that in a world of doom and gloom, there are still amazing people out there doing incredible things. In short, there's hope. Ha <laughs> ha! Eduardo Del Senor is a 2020 Grammy-nominated and award-winning musician, and today he leverages technology, science, and music to spur climate action. Through the Climate Music Project, Edu used data visuals from climate scientists for his musical interpretation of the fight against climate change, and it's just super cool and beautiful music. 
Eduardo has gotten back from a performance recently at the World Economic Forum, and today we discuss the clarity of vision that he's had for himself and how he got to this highly unusual, highly rewarding path in his own life. Connecting the dots between seemingly unrelated things is my favorite part of this show, and I know you're going to be deeply inspired by Eduardo del Signore. It's a pleasure to have you here. Your biography is outstanding, as we talked about before we began taping. It reads like a book, like Jonathan Livingston Siegel. The bio is crazy. And what is very interesting to me is you outline the different chapters of your life in your bio on your website. And you talk about growing up in Uruguay and also the things that were symbolic and significant, like the loss of the indigenous people of Uruguay and these things that came from your childhood. Then you had this incredible musical journey and now it seems like you're coming full circle with the elements of your childhood and your music and you're bringing them all together. And you're also doing incredible things with activism for climate change. So I don't really know where to jump in because there are so many interesting parts of your story. But let's start with the 42 years ago thing. You said 42 years, very exact number. What changed 42 years ago in your life? Um, I was... I found myself in front of a mirror in which I could really see myself and and um, in a very clear way and which allowed me to feel peace in my heart. And because of that, you know, peace brings clarity in my case. I don't know how it is for everybody. This is a very beautiful thing that we're born with. Um, we kind of forget about it. I've been talking about this lately because it's an image that it came to me like, you know, we're born with it. We're born with everything we need. And and in, in the moment between we take the first breath and a, a little, a few days or months after we get a name, right? That we start to react to that particular sound. We have a, an identity already. And, and in that brief period of time, everything is there. Peace, joy, all the qualities, you know? We don't have fears, we don't. At that particular moment, we learn a lot of fears along the way that are passed along uh, from generation to generations in what we call tradition. <laughs> when it's like, um, so I, I, that's why I think it's so important to beat the path, that often path, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like if you don't do, it's like you will never really. Uh, um, I mean, it's possible. I, I cannot say never, but it's it will be hard to really find out who you are you know, who you really are, and uh, which is not your name or what you do. It's more than that. And it's more beautiful than that, you know, more yeah. vast. <laughs> well, and, uh, your story certainly exemplifies that, I would say. The connections I, that you've been able to find are remarkable. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I, 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 there has been times lately that I look, be, you know, I look back and into all the things that happened and, and all the places that I have been situations that have been good, bad, happy, and sad. And, and it's like, wow, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like many lifetimes in a way. Yeah. It sure looks like many lifetimes. I mean, you even won the lottery in Uruguay in, in yeah, the seventies. <laughs> so how did, yeah. what happened there? And then you had this moment that you could focus on your music or you realized that music was the thing that you really wanted to do with your life. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was. A, I was born in a black neighborhood uh, called Ancina. Ancina was a name. It is the name of. Uh, um, um, I had to back off a little bit. Uruguay was the first country in in, in the whole Americas that abolished slavery. Uh, 
And it was because mainly uh, because of the work of this man called Jose Gervasio Artigas. He, he was betrayed by the Spaniards and the Portuguese, but he liberated the slaves and the slaves became their own personal army and guard because they love him, you know? And, and, and with him, when he, he left, he left the area because there was no room for him. He was too, uh, he was a very clear mirror and none of the forces that were there dominating the governments or the economy, they didn't like that. So he had to go on an exodus up to the south of Paraguay, close to the Iguazu Falls. And behind him were like thousands and thousands of people that had fought with him on the wars to liberate the country. And his personal guard of 500 uh, ex-slaves, per se, you know, free black people. So one of them became his personal companion, and his name was Ancina. And so there is a neighborhood in Uruguay, which the, the, the black communities there call nations, uh, which are distinguished by real, uh, a few variations on the, 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 the rhythms they play. The rhythm in general is called candombe, but there are different beats to it, you know. So in Ancina, it's a particular beat. And I was born, and since I was born there, uh, I listened uh, to the drums playing on the street, you know, going out at any time, whenever they wanted. And they lived, uh, the neighborhood was kind of like the neighborhoods in Amsterdam with those tall buildings, you know, with the tiles on the yeah. top. And so that was, it was a whole block, a long block called, that was a street called Alcina. And, and that whole block would become like a resonance box for the drums. And that would go up into the sky, bounce from the clouds and the air. And then you could hear it from many, you know, hundreds of meters away. And, and that would wake me up when I was a little kid. And that was the call for me, for music. That's when I identify music for the first time, you know. It was yeah. exhilarating, and and I was two and a half, three years old, and I would get out of bed like at midnight when they would come out to play in summer, and I would come out of bed and wake my father up to take me, you know, take me to the drums. And he <laughs> Let would me see it, yeah. Bed, you know, get dressed and would take me, and I would just be in total, uh, how you call it, uh, ecstasy, you know? I didn't know what that was, but I felt amazing. You know, it was this feeling and it's like, I would cry. I didn't know why I was crying, but I loved it. And and that to me is the call of music in my life. And then, then with time and places, I learned to identify that same thing coming from different people, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what started it for me. That was, that was the call of music from that drumming, that candombe thing. Yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I find so fascinating about the journey that you've taken is that clearly from a young age, you also noticed the problems. Like you talk about the loss of the indigenous peoples of Uruguay and a lot of that original culture of Uruguay. And clearly that yeah. made you feel something from a very young age, something negative. On the other hand, you have this love of music that's purely positive. What I yeah. find so interesting is that you've been able to connect the two, that you're able to stay yeah. in a positive headspace and you're able to do what you love with music, but you're still focusing on very real issues such as yeah. climate change, such as uh, the loss of indigenous peoples and, and rights and activism and all of that. 
So uh, one of the questions that I I always think about on this show is how can we face the very real problems of this world while being happy and optimistic and positive ourselves, which is a conundrum that some might feel. Well, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's very important to really know who you are, first of all, not in front of other people who judge you, you know, how you dress or what color your skin is or all those things but to really find your own identity. And so then you don't have to compare yourself to anybody or anything, you know? And, and then, so the, the, then you see that most of the problems that we face these days come from the lack of that identity. You know, if people really knew who they are, I mean, what is the need to be killing somebody else in the name of God? I mean, what's, how stupid is that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like how ironic, you know, how you, how are you going to play God <laughs> and kill somebody else because, you know, you believe in that God or that God. And it's like, God doesn't need religion. You know, God doesn't need a temple, you know, G-O-D, generator, operator and destroyer doesn't need all that crap. Sorry. No, <laughs> but, please, you know, I love it. Let it go. So, so it's like. Uh, you know, but but it's, it's essential that we find that peace as individuals and then as a society that we can understand that we need kindness, that we need common sense, that we need empathy. It's very important. And that's, I call those things endangered species in these days. You know, it's things that are, if you, if you read what's being written, or talked on the news or on the social media, it's like, what? <laughs> I know, it's bad. <laughs> have, do you have any roots? Are you really connected to this planet? I mean, what's going on, you know? And there is, there is the other factor that we have disregarded as societies, the connection between indigenous cultures and the planet. We have disregarded and pushed it aside and killed them and, you know, completely how you call it? Um, I forget words in English sometimes. It's like a friend of mine, Freddy Ramos, he's an amazing guitarist. He, he always says, if you hang out long enough with me, you will never, not only you'll never learn Spanish, but your English is going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so native, native cultures, native people, they have been marginalized. I mean, yeah, I had, I had the, the chance, I mean, the, the, how you call it, the possibility, and the, I was invited to perform last week at the uh, World Economic Forum on the- I saw that, an incredible video, by the way. Yeah, United Nations uh, General Assembly Week in New York. And I was sitting next to the uh, foreign, foreign Affairs Minister of Egypt. And we, she was a great, beautiful person, amazing. We had a great time. I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was, but we kind of like hit it off talking and we laughed and we had dinner together and it was great. And then at the end of the day, he gave, she gave me her business card and I read, oh, for Minister of Foreign Affairs of Egypt. Very so nice. we started talking about, you know, the Egyptian culture, how impressed I was with the bust of Nefertiti in the, in the Berlin Museum of, you know, Egyptian um things and 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 she said oh yes and there is this this thing in the nile and luxor and the pyramids and this and there is so much to explore if you were impressed by that you have to come to egypt and i said well how about the black pharaohs 
She didn't know. You know, it's, it has been pushed aside. And it's, it's a pity because they dominated the area before e Egypt was Egypt, but they were black and, and nobody talks about it. I did some research because my, my, my roommate, is, she makes quilts. And she, uh, uh, some, some friends of mine, the family of the people that represented Dion Warwick for a long time, uh, saw her work and they asked her for a, for a quilt. And so, you know, we got into the Black Pharaohs theme. So I did research. So, so I, I realized, you know, this is incredible. There is a lot of history there. But all the research has been like, thrown away because they don't want that to be prevalent, to, to even like put a shadow on what people consider Egypt to be now. And it's like, that's, that's the extent of how we push away all these things, you know. In Uruguay, the, the history of, of the native people, the, the charruas were called, they were nomads and they never wanted to mix with the conquerors from Spain or Portugal or anything. It's like they never they never wanted to deal with that. They loved their re own relationship with the land. And that's why they were all killed, you know, with, with the exception of, of like three or four that were captured and sent to Paris to be exposed on a, on a cage uh, to, to see how the savages lived in South America. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Heartbreaking <laughs> stuff. It's like, Wow. <laughs> so, right. you know, and it hasn't changed much. It hasn't no. changed much. You know, this globalization is really making people more dumb. And, uh, and you know, so it's, that's why it's so important to really get to know who you really are. You know, I really, the doctor recommends it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely I mean, agree. There is, there is joy on knowing your own nature. There is a lot of joy. There is so much to dig. You know, there is a treasure like waiting for each one of us inside in our hearts. So it's wonderful. We cannot live without that. You know, we all have it, I, I but do. it's dormant. I mean, yeah, the only and I think. Sorry. Well, well, one of the things that social media and the internet has done for us is the, the tribalism and the getting stupider, because I, I completely agree, and you're not the only one who thinks that. I think many, many intelligent people think that. But one of the things that it has done is that it has made a lot of people feel less comfortable embracing who they are. Because take me, for example, I'm a millennial, I'm a 30-something, I'm a white, a Caucasian, American male, and there are certain opinions that I'm supposed to have. There are certain things that I'm supposed to feel and values that I'm supposed to have. And the Internet really reinforces the idea that you must be a certain way. You must value a certain thing. You must think a certain way. And I think if people don't know who they are very strongly, those voices kind of take over their life and they start living for somebody else's platform rather than saying this is what I value, even if the world doesn't agree with me. Yeah, it becomes really noisy and, yeah. you know, we lose, we lose track of our own silence and we need to claim it back. Mm. We need to claim our silence back. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And the, as, like you said about history, all, all the violent cultures of the past, they completely wiped out all of the peaceful cultures because the peaceful people, they didn't want war. They didn't want to fight. They just wanted to be left alone. But that's one of the great tragedies of, of the human experience, I think, is that so many peaceful people have been wiped out on every continent yeah. in favor of well, much more vicious see, people. I mean, I have confronted a lot of racism here and, and discrimination. And, 
in California, you know, you might think that wouldn't happen, but it happens and it's pretty deep. It's dominant mm -hmm. in a way, mm -hmm. you know? It's like when, uh, last week, I, I'm part of a thing called the Composers Breakfast Club and that happens on Tuesday mornings. I, I was setting up at the place where we're gonna play tonight and I had to leave just to be with you. And, and, and um, last week Thank I was you. there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there last week, you know, setting up, and then I sat down with the composers and things like that. And I, I sent links of the interviews to some of the people sitting at the table. And some of them started reading and then look at me, and instead of saying, oh, that's great, you know, that's fantastic. No, it's like, how did you get this? <laughs> of course, so much jealousy. My goodness. <laughs> what? I mean, you know... Come on, be happy a little bit, you know, for I mean, this is great. You know, I'll share it with you. I'll share it with you. It's not, I'm not an, an exclusive person, I'm an inclusive person, but just be the way I am sometimes is a challenge for people for some reason that I, you know, I cannot explain. They have to explain it. I don't. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that so, seems like it's, it's a part of who you have always been. But again, the most remarkable thing about it is that you have channeled these things into something new and something positive. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, suffering is nothing new, but it's what people do with it that is the most remarkable thing. And that you've been able to find your unique voice and spread your message in the way that you have, it's just... That's what drew me to your story, because the first piece that I saw and what many people might know you from now, including while you're at the World Economic Forum, is because you have visualized climate change with music, which is just a very fascinating concept to begin with. I think not a lot of people have an idea like that in their head, but you're drawing connections between things that other people aren't seeing connections between so well, how have you been able to do that? Is that a conscious choice, something you've been exploring? Is that something that just pops up in your head? No. Well, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I, I was approached by an organization from San Francisco called the Climate Music Project. And what they do is they link together scientists that study the causes and effects of climate change with composers, right? So they give the composers, they contacted me and they say, well, we have three ways of working. You either, I had to back off a little bit. It's like they do their studies. You choose the areas that you want to work with. And I chose uh, the temper, the change of temperature, the, uh, the uh, reabsorption of di di uh, carbon dioxide and the investment on renewable energies. In, in contrast with business as usual, right? So they, they create graphics for a span of 100, 150 years, sometimes up to 200, with a projection all the way to 2050, in which uh, you have two outcomes. If we don't do anything, it's business as usual. How things have been pro regressing in a way because it's going on the wrong direction. And, and or if we become active about it and we start investing more in renewable energy and creating ways of like capturing the, the carbon dioxide back, you know, uh, because the earth resources are not infinite. It's big, but it's like I, I've been comparing the situation of the world right now to like, let's say you have a nice house, 
and you bring your car into the living room, you turn the engine on and close all the windows and leave it running 24 hours a day. It's limited, isn't it? So we have been doing that with Earth for over 100 years, since the beginning of, you know, the Industrial Revolution. So that's where common sense, common sense comes into the picture. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, um, the thing is like when, I, when they approached me, it, I said, they asked me, what, what do you think is the main cause of all these problems? And I said, well, the human condition. You know, so I approached from that angle. So then they created these graphics with the studies of all the topics and everything that's been going on and what could happen if we start acting. Um, the graphics are transformed into numbers, pro mathematical progressions, you know, because the graphics go up, you know, or down, mm -hmm. depending. And, and, um, and those mathematical progressions with a program they have, they are transformed into musical notes. So by themselves, they're not very musical. So they offer me three possibilities. I either write something starting from those notes. I would uh, compose a piece of music and then incorporate those sounds or forget about those sounds and just write something about what you think is going on. So I took the second option and, and uh, they provided me with the what they call sonifications and um, I had to I created this piece of music it, it was a process that had two chapters I created a long suite it was a 17 minute piece of music called discovery realization and it was kind of like storytelling of one person you know realizing what was going on and you know what needed to be done and then doing it and then coming to a nice positive outcome um, and it was b beautiful. Uh, I thought it was beautiful and they liked it a lot. But then some of the scientists came up with different charts and then the new sonifications wouldn't fit mm. the, the musical approach that I had done. So it I would have to, you know, I, I didn't want to like rearrange the music. So I wrote another piece. <laughs> and that's what Odyssey is. Um, and then, um, yeah, so um, I... Uh, the, Whatever is coming out of those graphics is, is with the sound of uh, acoustic a Stanway piano and everything else is what I created and that is kind of like being the vessel to bring forth, forth that message. I don't know if you have seen the whole video. I only saw the part of it, but it looked spect It sounded great too. Beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just waiting for them to, to release it. I'll, I have given the, the priority because they have been very kind and they came up with the, with the concept. Um, I think that coming, out, coming into it from the side of the human condition really created a big impact, particularly from what happened in, in, uh, in New York. Because I was I was performing at, at a big dinner with the president of the World Economic Foundation and his wife and the, the, the dignitaries from different countries and CEOs from the big multinationals, you know. And the, the whole purpose of the the meeting was to let them know that if they don't do something, they right. they are not going to have a world to explore <laughs> and, and squeeze money out of. <laughs> so then uh, my I had the idea of improvising with my bass on top of what was being that I had already recorded and the video. 
and there was a particular moment that that made it more dimensional you know more three-dimensional because it was being improvised but at, at the same time it was live and it was filmed and recorded so it was it created like a different thing that that they could like really grasp and and you know they got into it so much that it was a part halfway through the song that i pick up uh, my bow i have a a, a bass bow and I started bowing my 16 bass, the electric, with my pedals. And then all of a sudden, the environment completely changed. And and as, as the music was playing on the video, and the room went completely silent. Silent, silent, silent. And the whole thing was in a ballroom that you could hear the waiters with the plates and this and that. And the people on the next room, like, rah, 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 rah. It's like all of a sudden we were in a bubble of silence and, and it's just those things that happen, you know, I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but it happened. And it was, it was from, not just from me, but from everybody, you know, so everybody fell apart of something and, and they were, they were touched, you know? So when I finished, it was a beautiful standing ovation and the wife of the, the president, uh, Miss Schwab, Hilde Schwab, uh, she stood up and came to me and said, did you see what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, are you talking about the silence? And she said, yes. You know, I mean, it, I mean, I was playing, the music was playing, but everything else was like an incredible environment of silence. And I said, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And so and she said, yes, and she, I really needed that because uh, everything is so noisy. And, you know, I mean, that was really beautiful. And everybody was very thankful, even Klaus Schwab, which is the president of the whole thing. He, I was sitting next to him and he didn't know who I was in the beginning, but after I performed, he was like really happy, you know, came and hugged me and this and that. And anyway, so that's the importance of bringing music into any of these things that are happening, you know, it makes it more palpable, more, um, in a way, it makes them like it makes you feel like it's your problem too. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? I it's do. Like yeah. If you if you hear a happy song, then you feel happy, right? right? So if you feel if you feel if you feel some if you have an experience because of what I did in in conjunction with all the work we did with the scientists and climate music people and the video maker Angelo, is a wonderful Italian man that lives in Paris. Um. You know, it's like all of a sudden people get touched and then it's like that to me, that to me is success. You know, I, I don't have a big bank account, but you know, that to me is an incredible fortune. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the guardian of the fortune part that I, you know, I'm carrying on my name. It's, it's like, it's so, it's so important, you know, for me to to achieve those things and 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 if i awaken the possibility of uh, somebody thinking at that moment that you know all of a sudden there is space there is clarity there is silence and it's like oh there are more options so and and then maybe the question comes and he says what can i do yeah and you can do i mean you can do anything you want really <laughs> yeah. 
That's what we're talking about on this show. That's the subtitle of the show. You could do anything you want, really. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm trying to say every week, every day. You can do anything you want, really. You can even put music to climate change. Yeah, Yeah. we meet on the the path. uh, That's right. uh, I I remember uh, a friend, um, somebody asked a wise, very wise man, friend of mine, he said, "What, what do we need to do to have peace in the Middle East? And he said, nothing. Just stop doing what you're doing. Right? I mean, it's yeah. like, cut it out. You know? I mean, who do you think you are? I mean, <laughs> so, right. and it's like, and I, I, as far as nature goes, um, I used to call the piece wrinkled science <laughs> because, because during the pandemic, uh, the, that first year that it was a lockdown in the world, nature was like, you know, it, it exploded and, and, and it just came back to life in many places and forms that it put a wrinkle on the graphics as far as I'm concerned. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yes. uh, so, so it's like, what do we need to, to, to stop climate change? Nothing. Just stop doing what you're doing, you know? Just stop Find, driving, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all these people want to get everybody back to the office. It's like, no, 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 no. get them off the road. Stop the cars well, on the road. Stop yeah. the commute. But if you if you go deep into the 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 the, the whole thing, is like what is the root of all these things? You know, in in the financial world, in the new world order, the whole thing is greed. Greed is what? It's fear. It's just yeah. fear based. Right. I mean, how much is enough? I mean, yeah. do you think Elon Musk has enough time on his life to count his bills? There is no way he can even, you know, start counting now and maybe his grandkids or great grandkids can't finish counting the money. And the same with all these super ultra rich people and companies. It's like, what are you trying to do? What is your purpose? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there because what you mentioned is something that I've often thought. When people are trying to awaken themselves on their own journey towards success, whatever success means. And again, on this show, we're very careful not to define success as made a ton of money. That's not what I consider to be a success. Mm -hmm. I consider more along the lines of what you described, fulfillment, these feeling in connection with yourself and resonating with a, a bigger purpose. You mentioned that the earth is not infinite. And I agree. And yet when we're on our personal journey, we're told things by influencers and positive people that we need to have an abundance mentality. We must adopt an abundance mentality. And I think the smart, rational people among us will think, okay, but what is an abundance mentality when there's only one Malibu and when the Sahara Desert is so big? The the earth is not abundant. It's not infinite. There are finite amounts of resources. Not everybody can live in Malibu. Not everybody can live in Beverly Hills. There's Mm -hmm. only so many places that have amazing weather, that have amazing resources, that have oil, Mm -hmm. that have trees, that have these valuable things that we need, that have fish, that have coral reefs. So knowing that there isn't an infinite planet, again, how do we live our lives in such a way that we feel a sense of hope and not hopelessness? How do we look at these big problems and think, Let's not just give up on the whole thing, because I think more people than ever right now are feeling like they want to just give up, that it's hopeless. There's no point. Humanity is doomed. Nothing I do matters. Yeah. Answer to that. It it goes it goes back to. Knowing yourself, because when you really do get to know who you are. Those questions disappear. 
But listen, there is nothing wrong about having money. It's, it's fine, you know, I mean, for me, it, it translates into having this computer so I can talk to you or make music uh, or have money to fix my car when it breaks or buy healthy food or if I need to go to the doctor. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having money. But it's like, how much is enough, really? That's more the question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not that, you know, the answer is not complicated. It's, it's rather very simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Simple doesn't equal easy. But, I mean, like from all the species of plants and animals in the whole planet, the only species that doesn't know his, its own purpose is the human race. You know, an ant know exactly what needs to do. A whale know exactly what needs to do. A, a plant knows exactly how it has to grow in order for all the leaves to face the sun. There is a knowledge, not a belief. Belief means you don't know. You know? And it's like, it's about, you know, believing. Do you need to believe in water when you're thirsty? That Would that quench your thirst? No. You need to drink the water. So you need to know that, you you know, you need to either put yourself under a faucet or grab a glass and drink a glass of water to quench your thirst. Why do we do that with God? And, and you know, and the whole... <laughs> The whole enchilada, <laughs> the whole holy enchilada. <laughs> why do we do that? You know, why why do we do, do that with money and and the the mystery of rich and famous? I mean, it's like I have known a lot of rich and famous people. They're just like you and me. They're just you know maybe lucky in some sort of way, but you know they carry the same pain and joy that you and I carry. There's nothing different. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, like you mentioned, there's that fear, the fear of yeah. what if, what if I lose it all? What if I can't? What if, what if, right? And I assume that the reason to collect more and more and more money is because you believe that how can I protect myself from losing everything that I have? Or well, something? but then you need, let's say that you, you think you need a million dollars to protect yourself and not lose what you have. But when you get that million dollars, then you need two million dollars to protect that million dollars. And when you get those three million dollars, you need six million dollars to protect those uh, it's never ending. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, why, why, why this society is made in a way that it doesn't really teach us that we're going to die one day. As, as much as we were born one day, you know, we took our first breath, it's a breath in, and the last day is a breath out. So the space between the two breaths the breath in and the breath out, that's life, you know? And it's like, it's, it's, death is as sacred and, and important as birth. But, but we live a life that thinking we're going to live forever. And then when we get sick, it's like, oh God, why me? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> mm -hmm. why not? <laughs> why? Right. <laughs> So, so it's, it's like uh, there is a, a great deal of ignorance of of the self and and of nature, and and that that needs to be addressed, you know. But the the society doesn't teach that the the systems we live at, particularly starting with this country and how this philosophy and the 
you know, let's, I don't want to talk about capitalism or socialism or any of that because I don't believe in politics or religion. But um, it is not focused on really giving you a, a direct relationship with nature, with the universe, with yourself. There is not that connection. That's why people are completely boingo bongo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Boing, 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 boing. You know, it's like, a, it's just like a, one of those uh, rides on the, on the amusement park, you know, the cars crashing against each other and going nowhere, really. Mm -hmm. That's why. And, um, but there is hope. You know why? Because all these issues are created by people so they can be fixed by people. If, if it was created by crocodiles or Martians, I don't know if there was hope. But we made this. <laughs> we did. So we can fix it. You know? And, and I tell you one more thing. Uh, I started this Occult to Peace Foundation, which is where a group of musicians, we decided to, to utilize music, not only for the science part of things, but also to bring forth messages from other charities and help them to be exposed on their work and raise funds for them. And and when you are on that path, you start meeting an incredible amount of people that are doing an incredible amount of work constantly, and nobody knows about it. And the news barely talk about that because you know the the, the, the whole concept of the news is you know create fear and the divisiveness. So you keep selling it. You know, you sell advertisement and it's oh, what did this guy say? And that president say that and ta ta da da. Who cares? You know? It's like if he say that <laughs> let you know, let him hear it. And uh, so it's like <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, I mean there's so well, much all, there's all of... so much beautiful work happening and nobody talks about it. You know, nobody talks about it. And, but I mean, we're doing it, you're doing it, I'm doing it. So eventually, little by little, you know, little drop, little drop, then it becomes a river, you know? So. Right. And yeah, that's, that's the whole point. But I think it's like two people on a spaceship that's crashing into the sun and they're arguing about which color shirt they should be wearing. And one of them is wearing a red shirt. One of them is wearing a blue and they're just fighting to the death over what shirt. And it's like, guys, <laughs> you're both going to crash yeah. into the sun, whichever shirt you're wearing. So stop yeah. it. You know, who yeah, cares yeah. what other people are doing? Like, why do you need to go out of your way to bully somebody who is trans or who's from a different ethnicity? Why do you focus on that when there are problems that affect all of us, no matter what yeah. color your skin is, no matter what your background is, why don't we focus right. on that? And it takes determination for people like you and me to keep reminding ourselves and to recenter ourselves and to say, this is what matters. This is what matters. This is what matters. Because it's so easy to get distracted by all these blinking lights and things that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there is... There is um what this society has created is a lot of existentially lazy people, you know? I mean, they would spend hours and days waiting for the new iPhone, <laughs> but not a, not a pinch of time just to try to realize who they really are or even to stop and say, I love you to somebody they love, you know? It's just they, they, people tend to take people, uh, even their own family and kids and everything, you know? They, we, people tend to take people as grant for granted and it's mm -hmm. like and it's so important to have the time to sit at the table with your family and share a meal 
or um, you know just if you really love somebody just you know say i love you what's wrong with that i mean do you don't have time really <laughs> you never had time time has you <laughs> remember that mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, so and the other the other part of the analogy of the people going into the sand was remind me of another one that was the, it was this airplane and then a passenger plane and this guy was running up and down on the on the corridor of the plane and the and the uh, and the uh, flight attendant said what what are you doing oh, no i'm on a hurry i get there i want to get there faster <laughs> yeah exactly i'm in a hurry i'm in a rush that's exactly what it is like nope you're going to the same place we all are buddy <laughs> whether you realize it or not <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i, I think it's kind of, I, I look at people and Santa and it's like a cartoon thing, you know? It's like, it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, it's, it's about, I'm a deeply religious person, but I spend all of my time bullying other people. It's like, what? <laughs> what, <is laughs> what kind of God wants that? <laughs> what kind of religion wants that from you? No. You know, what about helping no. things? What about solving things? What about lifting people up? Well, I mean, the word religion uh, comes from old Latin and it's, it means the reunion, really God, really God. Right. Religion, uh, the reunion of a person with his or her creator, and and is is that what religions do? Well, they might kill you and they give you a shortcut, but you know, uh, not they don't teach you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I remember there's there's a comedian called George Carlin. I don't know if you have heard of him. Oh, a huge fan, <laughs> huge fan of George Carlin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about religion, and you know, it's like you go to. The, the church and they, they start going like, you know, because you're a sinner and you do this. And if you don't do what God tells you, you want to end up in hell and you want to be boiling forever. And and he ends up saying those all those things. And you and know why? Like, but but because, he loves you. But he loves you <laughs> because he loves you. <laughs> yes. and, and, and he needs money. <laughs> yeah, and he needs lots and lots of money every weekend. <laughs> lots and lots somehow of money. Very God important. Out the financial. Yeah. Somehow yeah. he said that. Some, somehow God out that money thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, all powerful, but boy, he never figured yeah. out how to get that money. There is, yeah, there is an issue with the money thing. Anyway, yeah. so I mean, you oh, know, fabulous. So I mean, the the field is open. I I really, if if I can encourage somebody with my music or my work, just to take action in, in whichever way their heart commands. I'm not I'm not gonna say any which way or other way. I'm not saying that all religions are bad. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of good work that some religious uh, religions have done and maybe most of them. But uh, uh, they're missing the point, you know. And uh, if 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 any anybody could be inspired by this conversation or, or the music itself great you know that's fantastic yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing it and i i'm i have i have uh a, an interview tomorrow with the people representing the government of turkey <laughs> that got inspired by what happened in new york and you know they want to know more about odyssey and all uh, all this work and and i'm going to san francisco to play um at a theater of a radio station in uh, called KK KQED and and it's an event hosted by the New York Times and so you know there is all these avenues all these doors are opening for this voice to come out and 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 not my voice but the voice of 
common sense per se. And yeah. and uh, in 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 New York, the people from the World Economic Forum were like, you know, they briefed the whole organization to to you know select the attire for the meeting and da 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 da, and it's like, but then at the end they say, but you Eduardo, you just be you. It seems like they have done research from like you did, and it says now you. We want you to be you, you say, you know, they didn't put any restrictions, dress whichever way you want. And so <laughs> I remember telling them, it just came out of me. So like, well, I'm, I'm not going to bring my tutu then. <laughs> and, this, <laughs> and they were calling me from Switzerland. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe the next time when the Los yeah. Angeles Times does something, you can, you can bring your tutu that time. I don't have a tutu. Then, then you'll fit in perfectly. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. I believe in humor. You know, my, you know, my mom. Same. You gotta laugh. Yeah, my mother uh, died of Alzheimer's, and for twelve mm. years it was a awful agony. But the only way for me to communicate with her was through sense of humor. She didn't lose that wow. until the last moment. You know, amazing. And it was it was just kind of like a yeah it was it was amazing it was like remarkably amazing she didn't even know who I was but she could feel me and she would feel comfortable around me and then I would just try because I know I know she had a good sense of humor so I would try to like you know tickle that part of her and then yeah. all of a sudden she would be smiling and she we would be having a good time she might forget everything in ten minutes and we had to start all over again but. At least there was like 10 minutes of, of relief, you know? And so it's, it's very important. It's very important. I say this in the interview. We're not made to struggle. We're not, it's not our building. We're not built to struggle and just survive. We're made for thriving. That is our nature, you know? And that, I think humor has a lot to do with it. So anyway. I completely agree. All of don't trust anybody who doesn't have a sense of humor, right? Because exactly. if you truly understood your place in the universe, it's laughable. <laughs> you know, who are we? Like you said, You'll right? Be You'd be laughing because we're yeah, nothing. We're yeah. nobody. We're just yeah. one yeah. breath in, and we're one breath away from being our last breath out, just as you described. Exactly. So, what kind of beauty yeah. can we build between those two breaths? What yeah. kind of thing do we want to stand for? Do we yep. want to be known for accumulating the most money possible or do we want to be known for something else? And what is that thing? Which, by the way, you will not take into the next world. You, you, yeah. you cannot take anything. Although you, know? you should talk to that uh, woman from Egypt, though, because apparently in Pharaoh mysticism, you know, they believed the ancient pharaohs that if they filled their tombs with a bunch of gold and art, that it, they would take it with them. So if you're an ancient Egyptian, maybe you could take it with you, but nobody else. Well, I, I went to the bank and I said, look, I used to be a pharaoh. I wanted my money back. Yeah, give they it back to me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> my tomb was plated with gold. Where yeah, all of that where gold? my gold? Where are my jewels? Yeah. My horses? Yes. I was promised. Amen yeah. Ra promised it to me. Yeah, you uh, see. <laughs> to Tantamon. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Your yeah. personality is exactly as, as I imagined it would be. Uh, it, it has been a, just a joy getting to know you. And again, just to celebrate your work. I think 
just one more time, what you're doing is incredibly noble. I think the mission is is fantastic. I'm glad that you're getting the opportunity to present your beliefs on a larger stage. I'm glad that people are taking notice because how do we break through that noise? Uh, somebody like me, my answer is to talk, 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 talk. Somebody like George Carlin, talk faster. Your answer is to slow down, embrace the silence, fill a room with silence and let other people's yeah. voice come in. And that's really powerful yeah. and cool. There was one of the girls from the from the World Economic Foundation uh, Forum. She said that she heard a podcast that I did a while ago, and, and the interviewer asked me. Uh, she wanted to know about. She wanted to gossip about the lottery thing, but I I completely forgot about it. I mean, it's not important. It was important on its time, but now you know it's long time gone. And and she asked me what were the 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 two most important moments in that changed your life. You know, and I, I the, this girl reminded me of that. I, I forgot that I say that. And, and, and according to her, what I said was the day I took my first breath was the first most important moment of my life. And then the, later on, years later, uh, the moment I realized I was breathing. Because <laughs> do we, do we know we're breathing? We don't you forget. No, I completely forget. I had to yeah. remind myself every morning, you know. I oh I'm awake. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Ah, it feels right, good. There we go. Yeah. Because you could just take a bite of a sandwich and go oh. <laughs> and suddenly you're not anymore. Oops. That was fast. Yeah, uh -oh. yeah you you learn, you learn immediately learn your priorities. Yeah, it's dang not it. <laughs> it's not it's not about gluten free. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> gluten breathe. Yeah, well, exactly. uh, sir, I wish you the best of luck this week. It has been an absolute joy to get to know you. Um, I won't take up any more of your time. It has been a, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for sitting with me. Um, any last thing that you want to promote real quick? I'll let you close this episode down. Well, um, we are uh, closing a chapter at this place in Santa Monica, La Puglia. Uh, we've been supporting artists that were affected by the pandemic uh, with a concert series that started in November of last year. Uh, there are many initiatives that we are promoting and we're doing it out of thin air. There is, there is the, the uh, food recovery program thing we do in which we have already distributed about 400,000 pounds of food. Uh, to people in need since the beginning of the pandemic, and it's still going. Uh, so check check on the A Call to Peace Foundation, and 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 check on climatemusic.org and a call number two peace.org. Um, and you know, just follow. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to put any money anywhere. Just maybe you get inspired, and if you have initiatives, you can contact us. We're a group of Grammy-nominated artists, Oscar-winning artists, um, and we're happy to participate and help out with bringing music to your cause, you know? So anyway, that's that's it. Thank you so much, Ross, for Beautiful. reaching out and, and, you know, stay in touch, please. I, I will. The pleasure is all mine. I'm wishing you a, a fantastic rest of your week. You've got a big week ahead of you. May it all go smoothly and be a joy. And with that, the official podcast is over. 